Today. 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 Today with Jeff Vines. Twice every weekday on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, it was just recently that the wonderful organization Open Doors that supports the persecuted church around the world released what is known as the World Watch List. Fifty nations on that list. Usually we focus on the top ten, but there are fifty nations on there, nations that are persecutors of Christian believers. And we know already this year there are significant things to understand about the World Watch List, that persecution against Christians around the world is on the rise. Well, let's get some insights today into what it is that seems to drive the persecution. Welcome back to 2020. Bethany Ross, who is Project Manager with Open Doors in Australia and has been the spokesperson for this year's World Watch List. Bethany, a special welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Thank you for having me. Bethany, I wanted to ask you today something special about this World Watch List. And uh, there are 50 nations on the list. There's a top 10. And uh, perhaps we could mention that at the top of the list is North Korea. The majority of those nations are Islamic nations that are persecuting Christians. But there is one nation that's come into the top 10, I guess it's for the first time this year, and that's the nation of India. So there's this Hindu persecution. Mm. Give us a little reflection on the fact that India's in there for the first time. Yeah, India is quite an interesting country, um, an incredibly difficult place to be Christian as well at the moment. And it's interesting because um, India has for a long time been known as a predominantly Hindu nation. Um, it's also very Buddhist, but when we look at Hinduism and Buddhism, often we look at those religions as quite peaceful religions, but they're actually being used as well to persecute Christians. So in India, the type of persecution we would call it is religious nationalism, and that basically means that the majority religion of a country is used to imply that Christians don't qualify as citizens unless they are Hindu or unless they are Buddhist. So in India, they had been a Hindu extremist group who came out and said, we actually plan on eradicating Christianity in India by the end of 2021. So it's incredibly difficult to be a Christian there. If you are um, seen to be going against Hinduism and Buddhism, you're just seen to be not even uh, a citizen of that country. So. I noticed that on this year's World Watch list that listeners can have a look at and you can see the 50 nations that are on it when you go to the Open Doors website at opendoors.org.au you have a column that describes the sort of persecution that Christians are under. I wonder if we can go through a few of those sources of persecution and you might be able to describe those for us. Uh, Ones we'd be quite familiar with I guess uh, the idea of communist persecution of mm-hmm. Christians and post-communist oppression. Uh, there are a number of nations on the list that come under that category. Yeah, you're correct. So obviously number one on the list at the moment is North Korea. And the reason it's number one is because of the communist and, and communist oppression in North Korea at the moment. So the main religion in North Korea is actually the worship of um, the Kim, Kim Jong-un family. So it's this idea that Kim Jong-un is a god and there can be no other gods but him. So a lot of Christians in North Korea are indoctrinated into worshipping their leader. 
and they're taught from a really young age that Christianity is a, a Western religion, it's evil, it's a bad influence, and they're really taught to fear Christianity. So whenever they hear that family members may have converted and they've decided to follow Jesus, it instills a lot of fear in them and they often want to report it as well. Um, so there's a lot of control in places that are um, under communist and post-communist oppression. Another place we would see that is China. So China has recently got a, a whole bunch of new laws that say Christians need to be identified when they're attending churches. And so one church in particular, they've actually introduced facial recognition cameras at the entrance of that church. So if you want to go to this church, it's highly likely that the government will know you and know what you look like. So it really scares people away from attending church as well. And that's what we classify as a pressure kind of persecution as opposed to violence. And in places like China and North Korea, the main driver of persecution is this pressure kind of persecution as well. So you've got communism, which is a godless system. And so when you have a religious group, uh, they are a threat to the godlessness of communism. And so therefore, a persecution comes. Most of us are familiar with the Islamic persecution, the idea that uh, those who are in charge when Islam has uh, control of governmental regimes, they make it very, very hard for Christians. So there's a dramatic persecution often in, in those Islamic nations. One that I'm sure listeners might not be so familiar with is the idea of clan and ethnic antagonism as a source of persecution. What does clan and ethnic antagonism mean? Well, clan and ethnic antagonism is basically the idea where cultural and tribal traditions and norms suggest that Christians are actually outsiders. So in a country like Afghanistan, for example, which is number two on our 2020 World Watch list, Western religion is viewed as this external threat to their way of life. Um, so anybody who is a Christian is seen, seen to not belong anymore and they're, they're seen um, to be outside of the culture, outside of the clan, um, it'll often mean that communities ostracize Christians. They don't allow them access to resources. Um, and it just can be very difficult to go about your daily life when you're on the outside of community because of your faith. Okay. There's another category that you've got there for sources of persecution, and it's called denominational protection. Uh, what do you mean by that, that there are some nations that have this sort of denominational protection? Yeah, this one is quite interesting. So denominational Christianism is the idea that um, one Christian denomination is the only legitimate expression of Christianity in that country. So we actually see that in play in Eritrea. Eritrea is number six on the World Watch list. And basically the Eritrean Orthodox Church will um, persecute, for lack of a better word, other Christian churches and religions because they believe that unless you're part of their church, you're actually not a legitimate follower of Jesus. And one way that we'd probably choose to respond in a country like that as a ministry is through training and discipleship. So we come in and we teach on unity in the body of Christ, for example, and it, it really involves a lot of unifying the church in places like that. But it's quite an unusual one. You wouldn't expect on the World Watch list to have 
persecution within the church. No, I suspect there'd be quite a bit of surprise that there might even be a nation on the World Watch list where the persecution of Christians is coming from other Christians. Uh, so that's a mm. real challenge, that one, and uh, certainly a deeper insight into just how significant it is in some nations where people are so passionate about their particular uh, doctrinal position. Another one mm. to look at, the idea of dictatorial paranoia. Uh, which nation is having this dictatorial paranoia? Countries like Sudan um, or different parts of Central Asia um, have dictatorial paranoia where the government does everything that they can to maintain power, including tearing down organised groups like Christians. So when people are gathering together as a church, it's viewed as a threat. And in Central Asia, we see this particularly. Um, One law that has been introduced in parts of Central Asia is the law where children under the age of 16 cannot be taken into a church. In fact, in their home life, they cannot learn about the Bible unless they initiate it themselves. And even then, having a Bible, it still um, can get you into some tricky situations. So we can see the government is trying to enforce these rules and laws that actually wipe out a generation of believers, which would control and shrink down the church in the future. Um, So it's a really interesting kind of persecution. It's very, very effective. I would say more so than violent kinds of persecution. Um, But even still in the midst of that, we're still seeing the church continuing to follow Jesus, continuing to meet together, even if it um, can really impact their businesses or their position in the community as well. Bethany, so you have all of these different sources of persecution and I imagine that complicates things when you are open doors and you're wanting to Mm. care for those churches and I imagine that there has to be different approaches to caring for Christians under different sources of persecution. Uh, I imagine that's something you just get to know as you get to know the nations and the people who are under pressure. Yeah, persecution can differ in terms of location, age, gender, ethnicity, culture, family, all those sorts of variables. But the main thing that we do um, to combat that is we work with the local church. So we believe that the local church has solutions for local problems. It's not about us coming in as a ministry and telling them what we think they should be doing, but it's about working with the local church and strengthening them to transform their community from the inside out, really. And sometimes when there are care packages or support for food and necessary items that happens sometimes in really, really tough zones and a war zone, uh, so to speak, Mm -hmm. there's even that provision for those local churches to be able to reach out beyond their members and to touch the Mm -hmm. lives of people who are the persecutors. Uh, That's, I guess Mm -hmm. that's one of the strategies. Yeah, and we often see that taking place um, across the Middle East. So in countries where Christians are experiencing persecution from Islamic extremism or Islamic oppression, we still see the church reaching out into their local communities and sharing the gospel with Muslims. And it's this sense of love and acceptance, um, regardless of the way that they've been treated, that really draws a lot of people into the church. Um, And it's so different from, I guess, what they used to, um, especially in countries where you've seen a really violent expression of Islam. We'll often hear lots of stories of Muslims becoming Christians um, because of the person of Jesus and learning about the love and the forgiveness and the acceptance that they can find 
in him and in the church as well. And a fabulous tool that the church can use, as you say, because uh, while the church is not being discriminatory as to how some aid can flow through, what it does is puts that aid in the hands of the church so that the church uses that Mm -hmm. as a tool for being able to bless the people and outreach with the gospel. Uh, Powerful thoughts that you've been able to share with us today on those sources of persecution, Bethany. And I'll point people to the latest World Watch list, 50 Nations that have been persecutors of Christian believers. And that's not the exhaustive list. That's just the top 50 nations around the world. Persecution is on the rise. I'll encourage listeners to check out the World Watch list at opendoors.org.au and to look a little bit more deeply at that list and check out some of the categories as we've been talking about, whether it's communist or post-communist oppression or clan and ethnic antagonism. Uh, Islamic oppression or denominational protection, dictatorial paranoia or religious nationalism, all sorts of reasons that there might be persecution. And you can check out those issues on the list when you go to the World Watch list at opendoors.org.au. opendoors.org.au. Bethany Ross is Project Manager with Open Doors in Australia. Bethany, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Not a problem. Thanks for having me, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.